For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Welcome into today's Believe in Wizards podcast. We just want to throw out a couple, you know, preseason predictions before uh, tonight's game. So going to be a short one here today, but just want to be on the record about a couple things before the season actually starts. But before we get to that, just a word from our, our main sponsor here at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all our amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, with that, let's get to today's show. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, uh, just me solo here today, so just going to churn out a couple preseason predictions for you guys. I want to be on the record prior to them playing their first game, and then naturally, like most of us do, after the first game tonight, I'll probably panic and reassess all those things. So I want to be committed to what I think about what I've, you know, what I think of this team based on what I've seen so far, and not be swayed by how they look on opening night because it's. It's not always a great representation of what the team will look like for the year. So obviously tonight's first game is against the Toronto Raptors. They play at 7.30 p.m. So that's a pretty big one for them. I think the Raptors are probably one of those teams in their general predicted section of, of the Eastern Conference standing. So getting a win to start the year against them and kind of setting the tone for the rest of the league about how they'll look compared to their competition is really important. So I do think they will win tonight. I think the Raptors team will be kind of plucky and and tough defensively, but I, I just don't see there being like enough consistent offense there yet. And with Siakam out, they're relying on a lot of young guys. So unless we get another Sam Decker or Isak Bonga revenge game, I think that's it's probably a good chance for the Wizards to actually start the season with a win. And they've not always been the strongest starter. So I think this year doing that for a change would be would be a big opportunity for them to kind of overachieve. So want to talk a little bit about win totals and, and things like that and who they're kind of projected to compete against in the Eastern Conference. So I think the latest Vegas odds I saw for the Wizards for, for wins was 33. I would hammer the over on that. On paper, to me, this looks like an above 500 team. Typically, Vegas is smarter than I am, and, and I wouldn't bet like crazy against them. But if, if you look at 538's Raptor-based forecast, they had the Wizards at... I want to say 38 wins, I think, was their projection as well. So 
you know, that's that's kind of interesting. Actually, I, yeah, I think they had 38 wins. So that's probably even a little low in my estimation. I, I think 41 and 41 is, is probably like a really safe bet. Just just going with 500. If a couple things go well and, and some of these guys overachieve, I think there's a really realistic shot that they're in the low 40s. But it's just been such a long time since a Wizards team has pushed anywhere near 50 wins. And I, I just, I don't see that. And I have seen that tweeted a couple of times in the last couple of days. I, I think, you know, the 48 range is a little too optimistic and we're pretty reliant on Beal, Beal and Dinwiddie and guys like that. If one of them goes down, you, you kind of have to factor those things in too. And, and Beal has been relatively healthy the last couple of years, which knock on wood that that, that stays the, the case, but COVID and, and things like that, you know, uh, obviously kind of still linger in the back of your mind. So I'm going to go 41 and 41. Uh, we'll see how that looks at the end of the year. Like I said, just wanted to be on record about that. I think that gets them into like the eight, nine sort of position. If you're just going by again, what, what 538 had with uh, their sort of analytics based projections, they had bucks one 76 ers two, which I guess they're banking on Ben Simmons playing at some point. Hawks three, Nets four. So maybe they're definitely not banking on Kyrie for, for that. I'd love to kind of get the insight into that. Celtics five, Heat six, and then sort of this play in range. They had Pacers seven at 44 wins, Knicks eight at 43 wins, Raptors 41 wins for ninth place, Bulls at 10, 38 wins, Wizards at 11, 38 wins. To me, I, I don't really understand this Bulls team. Like they were meh defensively. Last year, I don't think any of the guys like Lonzo Ball helps them, Caruso helps them, but DeRozan hurts them. The offense seems kind of weird and clunky to me. Maybe I'll be really wrong here and, and they'll overachieve. I don't know. I don't see the Raptors being a 500 team. It doesn't really make sense for them to do that. You know, if Knicks, Pacers, either of them took a little bit of a step back, that kind of helps the Wizards vault up into that seven, eight range, which would be great to see. So I, that's really where I kind of expect them is, you know, solidly in the play-in, but I don't think there'll be a ton of separation between seven through 10. So, you know, I, I'm not going to be crazy bold and, and say that they're a five, six seed or anything like that, but let's say eight, let's go eight seed. I think that's kind of what I'm feeling here. I hope that they totally prove me wrong and, and look way better than that, but I guess the jury is still out on that one. In other news here, the Wizards just added uh, Daniel Gafford, signed him to an extension for three years, $40 million. Another prediction here, he's going to like overplay, uh, or, you know, overproduce or outproduce uh, that that contract. I think that's a great move. I think Tommy Shepard has earned like all, like a huge pat in the back and, you know, apology from, from certain folks in the fan base potentially too. I just, the things he's done to be able to reshape this roster given the hand that he was dealt originally, you can't undervalue that. And, and I think the players see that. I think the rest of the league sees that. Again, we mentioned in the last podcast, you know, he got some love for from the GM survey for having kind of the best offseason. And, and I agree. I, I just, I really like what he's put together here. I don't think they're done. You know, one of these centers gets moved. You've already heard some buzz that maybe Thomas Bryant might be starting to look for a way out. Uh, you know, who knows? I think between him and Harold, it's whichever one they think can kind of, they can keep around most cheaply longer term is probably kind of what will make that decision, I would think. And and part of that is just how Bryant looks coming back from injury. So a couple comments here, I've just heard that uh, lead me to a couple other project, uh, predictions here too. Bradley Beal said he came up with an acronym for this season, ACE, 
accountability, communication, and efficiency. And he also said, I hate not being considered a good defender and a willing defender because I am. Well, that accountability part of ACE is really important. I hope that both his teammates and his coaching staff and his general manager and his owner and you know his friends and family and all those things hold him to that because it's just really hard to have multiple negative you know defenders on the court at, at any given time really and if he can at least be just sort of a neutral presence out there i think that's really big for them as a team and you saw that with you know this west unsold led defense in denver that even at least situationally their guys that weren't good defenders stepped up enough to help them provide good team defense overall and, and i think that's where the Wizards can make the biggest jump. And, and Tommy Shepard made some comments recently about how, you know, it doesn't matter if you play with the number one pace, if it's coming at the expense of your defense. And I was like fist pumping while listening to that because yeah, like if you run around like a crazy person, yeah, you're going to score a lot of points, but you're also never going to be said. And that's the thing Larry talks about is just taking good shots and, and being set up and being able to be positioned defensively. So Doing that in the right way, I do think this team will still play fast. I think that's still important. Uh, just kind of first prediction here, I, th I think, well, first individual person prediction, Bradley Beal's scoring will be down like several points this year, and they'll get nine or 10 guys, you know, that are close to double digits at least. And it's just one of those situations where Beal has talked about in, in some of his preseason comments here about needing to you know, move the ball around and get his teammates involved and how it can't be a new year's Eve offense where they heave it to him. And at three, two, one, he has to shoot it up, which I, I thought was interesting because a lot of us thought that too, but so, you know, again, accountability, let's see if they can stick to that and the ball actually does move. I think that's their best bet to being, you know, above that sort of projected win total is, is everybody's involved. They are super deep. That allows them to kind of have the next man up mentality from night to night. And, just go with guys that are the hot hand. And if you got guys that are pigeonholed into roles where they only average like four points a game, and then you suddenly need them, it's just a lot tougher to integrate those people, you know, into meaningful contributors. So I think this is a really smart move from them, at least to start the season that way. And if, if guys don't kind of hold up their end, then you take them out of the rotation. It's just, you can always pivot again. That's something Larry always points to. So I'm interested to get his thoughts here and we'll get back on a more regular schedule here in a bit, but you know, all this goes back to, some of the team's comments too. I, I think that there's like an edge here that, you know, maybe they, yeah, obviously like Russ brought a different mentality, but the rest of these guys sound like they feel slept on. And uh, you hear Montrez Harrell say things like nobody's expecting us to do anything. Uh, we're the wizards, bro. We've been look, we've been overlooked forever. Like I don't disagree there. I, I think that generally the consensus seems a little low on them again, maybe, the smart people in Vegas know more than we do, but I think that'll be one of those interesting things to see how it plays out. Another individual prediction. I think Anthony Gill will be like weirdly important to this team and it'll have nothing to do with his on the court play. Like I've been a little critical of Gill because I don't think he's a meaningful contributor on a playoff team, but you just keep hearing time and again, all these guys talk about like the vibe he provides in the locker room and there was talk about how when he was out doing extra conditioning drills to stay ready, Corey Kispert approached him and said like, Hey, how do I get in on this? And I, I think that's huge. You know, he's, you've heard from multiple guys that he's like the hardest working player on the roster. And, you know, Westbrook pointed to that last year. And, you know, I, I think that's, that means something. And you need a couple of those guys. 
And they're going to have to fill some leadership void. Like obviously Westbrook was pretty important to them, but so were Ish Smith and Robin Lopez. And who's that guy this year that, you know, maybe isn't the star of the team, but can be in people's ear and can sit with them on the bench and point things out. Like Beal can't do that in real time. And obviously your coaching staff does that, but you down or, or any of those things. And I like, you know, Gil got asked if he had rookie duties last year. He said, no, uh, but I also have three kids and a wife and mortgages. So that's not going to happen. Like it just, seems like a good solid dude and and I think that that's that's kind of what you need and I think Harold will be that kind of emotional uh leader that that makes up for Westbrook's departure because he's the guy that it's the middle of December you're on a road trip to Minnesota it's cold as shit you don't want to get off the bus or you don't want to be on the first bus to get over to the arena Harold's the guy that's going to bring that and I just I've never really seen his energy drop off you know, maybe he was like a little pouty in LA, but that seemed like a weird situation. But overall, I, I've just liked the hustle that he's brought to the team. I actually think he probably ends up playing more overall minutes than Gafford this year. But, you know, I'm sure Gafford starts the the majority of the season. And I think that's just a really good sort of two-headed monster at center. And you platoon them based on situation and role. And both of those guys seem willing to kind of sacrifice a little bit here and there for the other so i think that's that's going to be really big for them because it just seems like a a good compliment and you hear beal talk about gafford's defense and you know his rim protection is up there with some of the best in the league his ceiling is whatever it wants to be honestly well it sounds like he worked really hard this offseason and i think that's meaningful and i'm really glad about that extension because i expect a big year out of him and i'd rather lock him in now then have to do it after he has like a career year or something along those lines. So, you know, there's been some talk about the defense already and the wizards, their preseason rankings and things like that. And again, it it was only four games, but uh, they were 30th in defensive rating, 29th in opponents points per game, 29th in opponents, three point percentage, 30th in opponents, three point percentage. And what I take from that is just, it's complicated to install you know, a complex defensive scheme. And I hope that that's what we're seeing from West Central Jr. And he talked about the 80-20 split of defense versus offense in terms of time spent in, in training camp and things like that. So I just think that might take them a little time to kind of really come together on that end. But just a full season of competent wing defenders plus a full season of Gafford, there's just no way that this team isn't better overall defensively than last year. And I don't see them taking a huge drop offensively. And, and Unsell did talk about how they've only, you know, incorporated a small fraction of their offensive playbook so far, but, you know, he just wants to make sure that those teams, like the team is really solid in the things that they've started on before they move on to kind of all those other things. And, and he didn't want to quote, you know, quote cloud their heads. So I, I kind of like that. I, I think you take that incremental approach and, and you make sure you have the basics and and the fundamentals and your foundational stuff in place before you know, you add on and on and on. So it just everything I've heard from Wes Unsell Jr. I, I've liked so far, you know, he talked about they do a lot of ball watching and he doesn't seem afraid to, I'm not going to say criticize, but but call them out on very obvious things. And and again, it goes back to that accountability word and, and then communication. Do you have the trust there that you can really say what you feel to these guys and, and not you know, hurt their feelings and things like that? And if you have the right relationship with them, I think you can do that. And I don't think we had that the last couple of years because there was a lot of kid gloves and things like that. So there's a right way to talk to players and, and call them out when they're not doing something, but do it in a, 
you know, respectful enough way that they can't really argue it, but they also aren't, aren't taking it, you know, the wrong way either. Like sometimes you want them to take it personally and, and, you know, do a better job. So I, I just trust his vibe to be able to kind of work with those guys and, and everything Larry said about Wes when they overlap in Washington was just that he's like a calm, low key, steadying presence. And he's like a real genuine person. So I think that's going to allow him to kind of juggle these personalities and get people to buy in there. There are certain guys here that think that this is going to be a much better, bigger role for them. And Kuzma, somebody that, that talked about like having a better role here in DC. Well, that might be some nights and it might not be other nights. And yeah, we're just going to need unselled to be able to balance that. The more good players you have, obviously is great from a depth perspective, but you can't play everybody 30, you know, 35 minutes a night. So how do you get them to be okay with that? Uh, so a lot of this is just just riding on on Wes's ability to to get everybody on the same page. So, you know, we'll see a couple guys, you know, going down the individual roster here that I think the Neto signing was huge. Obviously, I think he ends up starting a couple of games this year, potentially, you know, I see them being conservative with Dinwiddie. I really actually liked what I saw from Holiday. I know I saw some mixed, uh, you know, reactions from folks online and things like that, but I just think he'll be pesty, you know, as a defender and he'll hit enough open shots that, that he can be a serviceable, you know, even backup when they need him to be. So not having to rely on the same five guys every night, whether they're hurt or whatever, and having that next guy up mentality is going to be really big. Like I said, I, I think, you know, Harold, I really think we'll have like a really good bounce back year and get closer to that six man of the year kind of stat line. I don't think he'll have enough to win it, but if he can just look more like the Clippers player, I think that's huge for the Wizards. The Rui Hachimura one is, is that's the head scratcher for me. Like, obviously he had a tough off season mentally and a lot of stress. Not sure how long it'll take him to kind of work his way back into the fold here. They've been committed to him as a starter, but you know, if Kuzma comes out for the first five or six games and looks really good, do they bench him in favor of Hachimura? Like I, that's, that's sort of the open question mark for me, just given Rui's personality. I, I don't think he would be offended to come off the bench and, you know, as a six, eight sort of power forward type, maybe he's more effective out there like that. I, I don't know how good you'd be defensively if you have Hachimura on the wing with a Bertons Harrell front court um, that, 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 that makes me a little bit nervous, but maybe it's not the worst thing for him. Like he's kind of been handed a lot of opportunities so far in his time here and he's shown some flashes and I'm not saying he's not worked hard or, or like grossly underachieved or anything like that, but some competition might actually be good for him. And maybe we see a more aggressive, more assertive Rui Hachimura. And I, I think that's really what we were trending toward, you know, at the end of the playoffs. So, so maybe that's the guy we get here. I, I've been really high on Kuzma. I, I know some of the early preseason games weren't, particularly awe-inspiring, but it seemed like he settled in and started to take better rhythm shots, and some of them actually started to go in. Uh, the Wizards just added Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga, who both Trevor's Kevin Broom and I are both really high on. So I, I don't expect he plays a ton of minutes for the Wizards. He's probably more of that the two-way guy that plays a lot for uh, the go-go and things like that. Cassius Winston, the other two-way player, I do not expect him to be on the roster for the full season unless he's really made some pro, you know, positive strides here. But I just, 
seems a little snake bitten, you know, wasn't able to compete in summer league, good things like that. And, and this is a guy that he's at the point now where he needs to show some things. And, and a lot of other teams you've seen are not this patient with second round picks that haven't produced thus far in his career. And I, I just don't see a world where he gets minutes ahead of holiday or Neto as a backup point guard. So, so how is he ever going to like kind of stick on this roster? It's just, that's a head scratcher for me. I'd rather them kind of hold on to somebody like a Jordan Goodwin. That's a bigger, more physical guard that at least has some potential to be able to hang, you know, the shooting needs to come along, but, but so does Winston's. I mean, he looked like he was heaving the ball from NBA range uh, when he did kind of get in the game and he's never going to be the athlete or defender that Goodwin is. So those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm really looking for them to see what they do around the margins. I don't expect Isaiah Todd to play any real meaningful minutes for the wizards this year. If I had to put like the over under on times, he suits up for the wizards. It's probably like 20, you know, like actually even gets in some garbage time, but I, I don't think he's there yet. Uh, it's interesting to me. Like I do think he could be like a Kuzma type player longer term. He's six ten, got some guard skills, probably better suited as like a power forward, but can play a little on the wing. So, you know, maybe, maybe being around guys like that, he can kind of see what the mold is. Cause I really do think that's important. Like versatility is good, but there has to be some kind of, you know, archetype that you're, that you're shooting for here and that they can try to like plug you into a certain role. So that'll be interesting to see how he comes along. Uh, I think Kispert deserves some minutes this year. He just looked really good playing around like other smart, solid basketball players. You know, he's, he's a rookie. He's going to be bad defensively. Again, maybe they can survive that a little bit more this year, but he's going to at least put in some effort. He can move his feet. He's better laterally than I think he gets credit for. It's just about understanding how to guard professional guys, I think, you know, more than it is about physical limitations. So the shooting, I think, is real. I think he'll move the ball. He tried to attack closeouts pretty well during those preseason games, which I, I actually liked to see that he was being aggressive. You probably don't want that as much in the regular season. Hopefully it's more just catch and shoot, but you know, that that's, that's, it was encouraging to me overall. I, I don't know. I, I think again, some people kind of a little bit of mixed, res, you know, results on, on how Kispert looked, but, but I like it. I think that makes, I'm going to be polite here and say it makes Bertans expendable. How about that? You just can't have a player in today's NBA that is literally one of the worst defensive players in the league. And he brings nothing else except, you know, deep NBA threes, like, I just, I just don't see how that person helps this particular group and, and how you can justify giving him minutes. Like I, the fit is worse this year. Like if, if it's next to Gafford off the bench, maybe that's a little bit better and you have someone that can cover for him, but Harrell is not a rim protector and it's hard to have that as your four or five combo for very long stretches. In my opinion, maybe they feature him or showcase him enough to, try to recoup some amount of trade value and they can flip him for somebody else's distress asset. I don't know. I, I could be biased here. I, I came on the show, you know, last year in the off season and said, I did not like that deal and took some heat for that because I think people were, you know, high on, on Bertans after the year he had, I do think he's a better player than he showed last year, but that's a lot of money for a power forward when you're really invested in somebody like Rui Hachimura, who's also probably best suited as a power forward. And, you know, Bertans just really didn't have a long track record. That's the thing that kind of always scares me with these guys is, is when you're committing a lot of money to somebody that's had like one season's worth of production. And, and that's my only kind of 
hesitation with going all in on the Dinwiddie bandwagon that he really doesn't have like a long track record of high level production. I do think that that's mostly injury, you know, injury related and and not just he had a fluky season or two, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about Dinwiddie until we've seen, you know, a solid month of fringe all-star level play again. And can he get back to the guy that averaged, you know, 20 points and six rebounds or, or whatever the, the actual stats were in 2019, actually 20 points and seven rebounds and four or seven assists and four rebounds or something like that. So can he shoot it consistently? Can he move the ball? Can he be a bigger physical on ball defender, point of attack defender? Those are huge. I, like, I actually think he might be, realistically it's kind of hard to say that you gave this much money to a guy and he's an x-factor but i think dinwiddie's sort of the swing player for the wizards if he's super good this is a 40 win team if he's meh and you have to rely on netto and holiday and things like that nah, that number uh, i'd be a little scared of and that's maybe where you you end up closer to that vegas win total in, in sort of the 34 34 and a half ish range so we'll see. Again, I think overall I'm encouraged for the season. I try to go into these seasons with an open mind and, and hope for the best. So we'll see. Again, you might get in a, a reaction podcast after the game tonight or sometime tomorrow, and I'm already hitting the panic or doomsday button. So forgive me if that's the case. But you know, I, I think in terms of just getting the fan base on board here, this is a big one tonight. Coming out strong, it should actually get some people's attention and and show off that the that the things they've done in the offseason are are actually, you know, worthwhile things. Uh, again, just a sort of a plug here for the Capital City Go-Go. I really enjoy that stadium. I really enjoy those games. Like, you wouldn't think that sort of G League basketball is particularly good. But, you know, the last couple of years where they actually had a team under, under Ryan Richmond specifically, the team was really fun to watch. And it's so cheap and easy to get tickets. It's pretty easy to get parking right there too. And they do a good job of, you know, there's a lot of security and, and, and things like that. So if you're hesitant because of maybe the particular neighborhood it's in or whatever it is, like you go there, you, you feel safe the whole time, all that stuff. So it's a good place to actually take kids, get a bunch of kids in for your you know youth basketball team or whatever, and, and go catch a game. And it is reasonably high level. I do expect we'll see a good amount of Isaiah Todd there, maybe some Cassius Winston, some Jordan Goodwin, some Jaime Eshenike, uh, Joel Ayayi, players like that. So it'll be interesting to see how they fill that roster out. They do start, I want to say, the first week in November, like the 4th or the 5th. Uh, I'll double-check that for next time, but that'd be cool. Maybe we can do a Believe in Wizards night at a go-go game or something and uh, get together and you know root on the hopeful next generation of Wizards contributors. I don't know. That'd, that'd be cool to see. Uh, the last one here, and I've kind of saved this, is Denny Avdia. I have not talked about him a ton this postseason just because I've been kind of waiting to see how he looks and what offseason improvements he made. I do think already the way they've tried to use him will position him to be more successful than he was last year. You know, just shoving him in the corner and saying you're a three and D guy now because we need a three and D guy is just sort of nonsensical. But so were a lot of the uh, decisions that were made the last couple of years, I would say. So I'm just still not totally sold on Denny being a contributing member of, of this rotation. I just, I don't really know who he beats out. In my opinion, he's still best suited as more of like a point forward, you know, like power forward ish guarding 
bigger, slower guys and using his strength and, and size to kind of compete with that. And then that gives him some potential mismatches offensively too. He's going to be able to beat some of those guys off the dribble, but you know, if he's a three, it's just harder to see him uh, taking a defender and, and putting him on his hip and getting in the basket when he can literally only drive right still. Again, maybe that's a bit strong or hyperbolic, but the ball handling didn't seem to take a big jump. I think the the jump shot will be better, but this notion of like running him out there as the the backup point guard and putting Neto and Holiday around him as shooters on the wing, like I just don't know that I see it yet. I really, really want to be wrong here. He seems like a good kid. He's got confidence. He's got a little bit of swagger to him, which is also to see. I think he's a tough kid, which is never a bad thing. I think he'll compete better defensively this year. I think we'll see less fouls. He'll be sort of smarter and more adjusted to to how to play NBA defense. So I think all those things will be better. So I'm, I'm not saying he's a bust or any of those things. It just I just can't see the clean fit from a role projection standpoint yet. So I, I think that's something that'll kind of have to shake itself out after the first week or two of the season. And, you know, hopefully he looks so great that they can't afford not to have him you know, on the floor for 20 minutes a game or whatever it is. So fingers crossed for that. But, but overall, I, I think this is going to be a fun year for us guys. And and maybe that they do kind of underachieve based on what some of us are projecting, you know, and they do hit that 35 ish win mark, but I just think this will be like fun basketball to watch and just doing the media availabilities. Like these seem like likable guys for the most part, like just guys you want to root for. And, and that hasn't always been the case for the wizard. So Overall, that alone is encouraging. Just, you know, your professional sports team, those guys spend a lot of time in your life, you know, and and uh, you spend a lot of time paying attention to them. So at least if they're likable, fun guys to root for, I think that should hopefully, um, you know, keep us going if this isn't as successful on the court as I think we all hope it'll be. Anyway, we'll we'll get back to you after the first game here and see how things look. Just wanted to get a couple couple thoughts on the record here. So feel free to reach out to us, send us your kind of predictions and, and we can talk through some of those things. Again, I'm going to get things going back here with Larry now that the season's going. So any questions you have for him, uh, hit us up and, and find us on social media, you know, at believe in wizards. Again, we are always extremely appreciative of a review of any sort. Not going to ask you for a five-star review. All those, you know, those are nice, but whatever you think, uh, just what can we do better? All those sorts of things. Who can we get for guests? Uh, we'll, we'll try to do a better job of that this season too, and just kind of incorporating feedback and, and making this a show that makes sense for Wizards fans. Like, you know, this is what you want to hear, all that kind of good stuff. I know there's a lot of other Wizards related content out there, and, and a lot of these guys do just really good jobs. So we appreciate that you take the time to listen to us. So we want to make sure that, you know, you're getting your money's worth or your time value added is uh, is positive. So Again, we appreciate it, and we will catch you soon, hopefully, with the Wizards on a win streak. And again, this pod was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.